Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we just want to give you thanks and praise, honor and glory. We thank you for all that you will do and thank you for all that you have done. We honestly glorify you, my Father. We ask, O oh Lord, that you guide us as only you can tonight. We ask that you take absolute control. And as we speak, as we speak concerning your Holy Spirit, that you give us insight, utterance, brevity, and that you cause your word to do all that you have promised that it would do. My Father, we just give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you honor, glory, and adoration. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. Good evening, everybody. So we're going to do two things tonight. We are going to finish. We're going to, last week, we, um, as we close out this session of studying who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and what his ministry is, we're going to do two things. I have a few questions that we're going to answer, and then we're going to look directly at the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how um, we're just going to look in detail at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what we will also do as we do that, we will then say a prayer for those of you that are believing God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And wherever you are, um, as long as you're in a safe place, that means if you're not driving or flying a plane, then the Lord will baptize you with the Holy Spirit because he said he would. Um, it's not so much that it's a, it's a prayer that he said will be answered. And so we're going to do that. And so what we'll do is we will take the first 30 minutes, that's from now until just at 7.30, and we'll answer last week's questions. And then from 7.30 up to um, just before 10 to 8, we'll talk about the baptisms of the Holy Spirit and how it happens. And we'll look at some biblical examples and then we will pray a prayer. The reason we're doing it like that, ladies and gentlemen, the next season of our lives is totally dependent upon the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. And so I hope you um, enjoy tonight. If you're joining by podcast, you are most welcome. Um, we are grateful that you are here. And so ladies and gentlemen, what we'll do is I'm going to pick up on the questions that we had um, last week. Um, I've got about four um, on that I picked up from the chat, and I'm just going to dive right in to that. And so the first thing, um, the first one that we're, we're going to look at is one of the questions that we got was, what is the difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit? Very, very valid question, really great question. Couple of things, and so what we're going to have a look at is this. We'll look at what the scripture says and then, then we'll wrap that up into an answer. And so let's have a look at how the Bible describes the Holy Spirit's coming. So please turn in your Bible as we start. Um, I'll try and make this a little quick fire. Let's try and get through as much as we can. Your questions are really, really great they start fantastic conversations and so Matthew 3 verse 11 
this is John the Baptist speaking about the Holy Spirit's coming. And this is him coming, speaking about the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew 3, 11, the Bible says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, mighty is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So John the Baptist speaking, the Bible says that when Jesus' ministry is fulfilled, that Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so the word baptism is there whereby you are immersed to overflowing in the person of the Holy Spirit. But come with me really quickly. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Acts 1, verse 5. Um, let me just, if I can type fast enough. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Jesus speaking. Um, about the Holy Spirit. Now read from four for just to get his to get the complete picture. And the Bible says, Acts chapter one, verse four, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus Christ after he had um, risen from the dead. This is one of the times that he, the last time he appeared to his disciples. And the, this is what he says while he's there. And so Jesus being assembled with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. That means that I've told you that the God is going to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then verse five, this is Jesus speaking. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So Jesus says, first, it's the promise of the Father. And the second thing is, it's the, he calls it a baptism. Now we also realize if we go on to verse seven, I'll read from verse seven. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own power. That's a straightforward statement. Verse eight, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we have baptism, baptism, promise come upon you. And so let's go to the last one. So we realize, turn with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and then we will wrap this up into an answer. And this is where, now, this is where the, the disciples have come to a prayer meeting. They've just gone through a very difficult time. They've gathered together to pray. And this is what happens. Um, and they pray quite a remarkable prayer. Um, and I'll read, I'll read from verse 31 simply because of time. And the Bible says, and when they had prayed, this is Acts 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. So now the Bible says these are people that have already been baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Bible then says 
that they, while they're praying, they are now filled again with the Holy Spirit. And then they begin to speak the word of God with boldness. And so we realize, so let's put that into an answer. What's the difference between the baptism and being filled? In all sincerity, there isn't one. The only difference is a time. When you first receive the, minister, the person of the Holy Spirit, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So every time Jesus was speaking about the first time the Holy Spirit came upon them, he said, baptize. John the, John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you. After you've been baptized, the Bible says that you can be filled again with the Holy Spirit. And so the only difference between the phrase being filled with the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit is timing. The first time the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's referred to as a baptism. From then on, you are filled and filled afresh. That's where we see it. And so it's one of those beautiful things about the Bible. And so great question. I hope that makes it a lot clearer. So there isn't really any difference. So uh, please keep that in mind. The same way, the only difference is that it's timing. Okay. So that's a really great question. That was the first one um, that we got. Great question. Um, the next one is, okay. The next question we got was, can we pray to the Holy Spirit or just to God the Father? Now, this is a really lovely question. The reason it's a really lovely question, it allows us to explain a few things. So let's settle something. Please turn in your Bible. And this is Jesus speaking. Please turn in your Bible. I'm going to look at two very popular scriptures. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. Let me see if I can. I will read it in the King James Version of the Bible, and I will read it in the Amplified, um, the Amplified Classic. And so John 16, verse 13. Fantastic. And I'll read it first in the King James. Um, Okay, actually, I'll read it in the Amplified first, and then we'll go from there. Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father, he will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Now, let's understand something. So Jesus says that whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, he will tell you what the Father wants to know. So whether you pray to God directly in Jesus's name, John, I'll, we are almost at our declaration and I'll pause for that. And so let's take our declaration in three seconds and then I'll, I'll come back to this explanation. Um, and so, so let's, let's take our declarations 
Oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And everybody said, Amen. Wherever you are in the world, that confession will come to pass. God will be kind. Now, so as I come back to what I was saying, so John 16, verse 13, Jesus breaks down something. He says, Whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, he will only ever tell you, this is what the Father says. And then Jesus says, if you read down to verse 15, he says, he will take of mine and he will show it to you. He will make it real to you. Meaning whenever he tells you the, the will of the father, then he will take what I've won on your behalf, any one of the blessings, and he will make them real to you. It doesn't matter who you pray to. You are praying to your father. So whether you are praying, even if you say, Jesus, help me, the father, based upon what Jesus said, the help will come is coming from God, the father through Jesus's victory. Whether you ask the Holy Spirit to direct you or guide you, it's exactly the same. God, the father through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit is answering your prayer. Jesus will not answer you as he did when he was in here in the physical. So you won't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of Jesus and the voice of the Father. No, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, in this dispensation, you will not hear any other voice concerning the will of God, but you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. God the Father will tell him the message he will draw on what Jesus has made available and he'll show it to you. So let me show you that in scripture. And then there are two scriptures I want to show you. So let me show you that in scripture. I'm going to read John 16, 14 to 15. Now, the Bible says, speaking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. The Bible says, everything that the Father has is mine. This is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. So when you pray, and let's understand when you're praying to the Father in Jesus's name, it doesn't matter whether you say, Holy Spirit, help me. It doesn't matter whether you say, Jesus, help me. It doesn't matter whether you say, God Almighty, help me in the name of Jesus. It's all the answer will come one way. Let's back that up with one more scripture, please. And then we'll go on. Turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2, reading from 9 to 10. 
um, reading from nine to 10. The Bible says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's straightforward. Verse 10 says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Now notice that means whenever you, God wants to tell you something in this dispensation, he'll do it through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That means whether you ask the Holy Spirit, whether you pray to Jesus Christ, and whether you pray to the Father, the Bible says as long as you pray in Jesus's name and believe what you say, God will answer. How the rest is going to be simple. God the Father will make available what Jesus has won through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to you. That's how your answer will show up. So when we say, do we pray? Pray to God. Pray to God your Father. It doesn't matter whether you pray to Jesus, and it does not matter whether you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to make it happen. It is God that's going to answer. Why? Because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. It doesn't matter who you pray to. The way God is going to answer, what does matter? Two things matter. And let's look at those really quickly. And then I will zoom on. Two things matter. Turning your Bibles to just so that we're clear. John 14, reading from verses 12 to 14. John 14, reading from verses 12 to 14, the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it that means first thing that matters in the place of prayer ask in the name of jesus that's the first thing and ask for something that god has that to ask in the name of jesus that means if jesus has made it possible you can ask with remarkable confidence second thing to please hold on to in the place of prayer turning your bibles to mark 11 22 and we will read to 24 jesus answering saith unto them have faith in god in the amplified bible it says have the faith of god for verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Please keep this in mind. When you pray, two key things. Pray in the name of Jesus and believe in what you're saying. The rest, those are key things when you come to God in prayer. There are others, we could go through a whole bunch of others, but those are two. Pray in the name of Jesus, believe what you're saying, and whether you call on God the Father directly, whether you ask Jesus directly, or whether you ask the Holy Ghost directly, let's keep it in, in tow, in, in, let's keep it in, in, um, in a tight package. 
you're praying to God and God will answer you. Are we together? Okay, let's go on to another question. I've got some more and I will hold on. Um, okay, great questions. I'm coming to that. Fantastic. Okay, so let's go on to another question that we picked up. Um, that's... Okay, so we've got done that one. Um, the next one we've got is how does God baptize us with fire? Now, in, in Matthew 3, verse 11, John the Baptist said that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, so the question is, how does God baptize with fire? Very interesting question, and I'll go through it really quickly. And I, when I saw this question, I know that God has, uh, God wants to give hope to somebody. And so I'll go through this question really quickly. Um, the first place I want you to go, let's, let's understand, how does God baptize with fire? The first way that God baptizes with fire is literally, he causes his word to come alive on your inside that causes a transformation in your life because fire ladies and gentlemen will always transform whatever it touches and so when the when god speaks to you his word finds a place in your heart there will be a transformation that's the first way he baptized with fire and let me show you that in two places and so please turn with me um there have been quite a few scriptures and so i'll um if you do get stuck i've got them written down um or you can go back to the podcast and listen if you do miss a few but i'm sure you'll catch up so turn with me please ladies and gentlemen to jeremiah 23 um verse 29 i'll pop them into the chat simply because i i realized i wasn't doing that um jeremiah 23 29 and so the question is how does god baptize with fire this is what God says of his word. He says, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. That means when God speaks to you, when he brings his word alive, he causes it like a fire to transform you from one thing into another. We spoke about that last week. And so the second place we see that, whereby we realize that God will... God baptized with fire through his word. It's the first way. Please remember what I'm saying. Turn in your Bibles, please, so that we can just back that up. Luke chapter 24, verse 32. Luke 24, verse 32. And the Bible says, this is the two disciples speaking um, on the road to Emmaus after they've had a conversation with Jesus and they said one to another this is Luke 24 32 and they said one to another did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures so ladies and gentlemen the first way God baptizes with fire is he will place a word in your heart that will transform 
your life. It will cause you to focus, to see life differently, to see people differently, to see God clearly. That's the kind of word that takes you through a journey that will consume your life, where you literally give your life to the Lord for what he has planned and purposed for you. That's the first way God baptizes with fire. And so let's also understand the second way that a baptism of fire comes. This is how God enables a baptism. This is something you've also got to remember. As we go on our journey, God will cause transformation to come in our lives as we go through trials, as our faith is tested, tried, and comes out the other side. And the Bible uses a phrase that these trials are fiery. So come with me to 1 Peter 4. And we're going to start at verse 12. This is Peter speaking. He said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Verse 13. But rejoice in as much as you are part as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that the trial does what? It causes God's glory to be seen in our lives. It's that is another way that God baptizes with fire let's have a look at that so let's get this let's have a look at that clearly let's go to the next scripture they're all in the chat um romans 5 and i'll go from 1 to 5 just so we're clear the bible says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through jesus with god through our lord jesus christ actually let me read this in the amplified simply for for clarity the Holy Ghost just laid that on my heart that I should do it in the Amplified, and I'll do so. So Romans 5. The Bible's, and I'll read from verses 1 to 5 for clarity. I am watching the time, ladies and gentlemen. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. You have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Please remember that. Whenever you are going through a trial, let's settle something. You have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That means he's not out to punitively break you. That's not his goal when, you are, when you're coming to him in Christ. That's not God's goal. Okay, verse two, through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace, state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exalt in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Verse three, moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. 
and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Verse 5, such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go through a trial and you go through a test or you go through a season of suffering, which is part of the Christian journey, God transforms you from one thing to another. And that is why it's called a fiery trial. That's why it's called a fiery trial. And so we also realize that the Bible speaks of that, um, where that, that trial or that test changes who we are. What comes back may not be as much as went in, but what comes out is gold. And if you watch gold being produced, it's smelted. The dross and the waste is separated from that which is valuable. And that which is valuable, that which comes out, is smaller than that which went in, but it is worth so much more. I'll give you a biblical example before I give you a personal example, and then I'll wrap this up really quickly. Two scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. The next scripture we're looking at is in the chat, 1 Peter 1, verses 6 to 7. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 to 7, and he speaks about this very clearly. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 to 7. The Bible says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. 7. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so please keep this in mind. This is something that Peter says, that the trial of your faith, it transforms your belief in God. It makes it just like gold. It makes it more valuable. It hones it in so that it is something you can rely on and others can rely on. And so the reason that is the case is Peter went through that himself. And this is what I want. Someone needs to realize that suffering is not an indication that God has abandoned you. Many times it is the passage of transformation necessary to take you from one season into the next season. And suffering is part of our Christian journey. And God never leaves you. He's on this journey with you. He manages the whole process, even though you are going through what is referred to as a fiery trial. And please keep that in mind. Last scripture on this one. So we understand where Peter's coming from. Let's have a look at Luke 22, 31 to 32. And then let's wrap that up so we can then put it into an answer. Luke 22, verses 31 to 32. Jesus speaking to Peter, just before he goes to the cross. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. 
And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So Jesus, Jesus says, there's a trial coming. And I've prayed that your faith does not fail. That trial will convert you. That means transform you from one thing to another. And this is key. He says, when you come out the other side, strengthen your brethren. What I want you to realize is, ladies and gentlemen, there are trials of our faith that come upon us that have in that you did absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter. Sometimes there are things that happen to us that are through our own fault and it's part of our consequences. And then God will use those consequences to take us on a journey of transformation. And so what we also must realize is this is separate. So let's keep it in mind. Those are the trials of our faith. Now, the question, there's a question I've got that we'll, we'll, we'll close out on this. It says, but how do we distinguish between God sent trials and Satan's mischief? Let's settle something. God doesn't send evil. So when trouble comes, when a problem comes, notice, Jesus said to Peter, Satan has a plan for you. And I have prayed for you that when you go through it, the outcome will be God's intention, not Satan's intention. So Satan wanted to break you. But I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. That the outcome is determined by your relationship with God. And notice what does it do it transforms. peter goes through a nightmare it looks like his world crumbles he denies jesus three times but then he it literally transforms him he steps into the second phase of his ministry and he leads the church through the most dire season of its life this is key notice what was key what was key was your faith fail not. That means your trust and connection to God, irrespective of whether it is a trial of your making or it is a trial that has been allowed, the outcome is determined by your relationship with God. Last scripture to close that out. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says the following. The Bible says, for all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Meaning, irrespective of what you are going through, the two things you must hold on to are your relationship with God, your love of the Lord, and your understanding that there is a purpose and a plan that no one is going to break that God has for your life. The outcome of whatever comes to you, and it may not always be pleasant, 
is that God will be glorified at the end. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that is how we are baptized with fire. Jesus allows us to go through seasons that transform us from one thing to another. Now, let me say this very carefully because I just want to, I want to switch. Somebody out there needed to hear that. Your season, ladies and gentlemen, is about to turn because now you know God has not left you. It's not done and it's not over. May your dawn come, may your night end, and may there be a transformation. The process, may the process come to a the godly conclusion so that God's will and plan will come to pass in your life. I know for a fact somebody needs to hear that. I'm not sure who you are, but I'm really excited that you did. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to switch for a moment. And so what we're going to do is we did promise that we're going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, and we're going to look at, how, <laughs> oh, wow, wow. <laughs> okay, that, then definitely that was God speaking to somebody. I'm humbled. But let's look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit and let's understand something. And so how are you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. The responses in the chat are quite remarkable. Um, I, may God answer your prayers. May God be kind to you. Let's settle something. So looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's this. Let's settle something. Um, let's settle something. The Bible says the following. Jesus said about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Please turn with me to Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Actually, come with me to Joel. I'll, I'll come back. To, I'll put the scripts in, in the chat. Joel 2, let's go to verse. Yes. Joel 2, and let's go to start this conversation. Joel 2, and I'm going to read 28 to 29. So as we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, Joel 2, 28 to 29, that's where we'll start. The Bible says the following. And the Bible says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Please come with me as well to Ezekiel 36. I will start at 25. Ezekiel 36, and I'm going to start at 25, and I'm going to end at 28, and the Bible says the following. The Bible says, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes 
and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And the Bible then says, and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Pause. The reason I'm saying, I, I could go on, but I, I, I need to, I, I, pause, ladies and gentlemen. It was God's idea to fill you with his spirit to change your life. So when you are coming to him in prayer, you are not asking for something of your making. You are asking for something that God intended to give you once your relationship with him was restored. That means when you pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a promise a pre-approved prayer. It's already the a yay and amen in Jesus Christ. It's already set. Now, ladies and gentlemen, come with me, please, to Luke chapter 11, and we're going to read verse 13. Luke 11, verse 13. The Bible then says, if you then be, Jesus is explaining prayer. And he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more should your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? How do you receive the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen? You ask. Literally, it's as simple as that. That's where we start. It is that Lord Fill me with the Holy Spirit because I need him to be all that you want me to be in this season. God knows that is your greatest need. And God, through the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, once your relationship with him is restored, he wants to fill you with his spirit so you can be everything he wants you to be. So it's a pre-approved prayer. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? We ask now that is so that part is settled it is settled we've spoken about that when the holy spirit comes upon you let's go please ladies and gentlemen let's go to the book of acts chapter 2 and i'm going to read from verses 1 to 4 acts 2 reading from verse 1 so come with me to acts 2 verse 1 the Bible says, and this is the first time the Holy Spirit is comes upon um, believers after Jesus has been um, resurrected and gone to uh, after his ascension. And the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, meaning. Think about this just before we pray. If, let's imagine I'm sending somebody to go to, um, to go across the office floor to deliver a message, and I say, Go to the person in um, accounts and tell them that so-and-so um, memo has been approved. I've now told you. You go across the office. 
So basically, I've now given you my message. You go across the office floor, you get to, to accounts, and the accountant says, how can I help you? You, you stop, you just stand there and you say, and you point. And the, the man will say, how can I help you? You point. And the man will say, how can I help you? Silence. Notice, you have a message on your inside. So the ability for you to convey what I've told you is with you. But what do you have to do to pass that across to the accountant to get a response? You have to repeat what I've said to you to the accountant. Now, keep that in mind. Once you then say to the accountant, that particular memo is improved and the accountant says, fine, there we are. Um, yes, your holiday is approved. Um, your bonus is approved, whatever it may be. Notice. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, meaning the ability to speak in tongues was granted through the Holy Spirit, but you must now do the speaking. And this is key. So when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the ability to do so is granted. That gift is beyond question. And we'll have a look at that but you must do the speaking. Notice there is nowhere in the Bible that says when you're praying in the spirit that you are possessed. There is nowhere in the spirit that it says you have to shake. Neither does it say you have to speak loudly and neither does it say that you have to start sweating or dancing around the room. That's not the case. If the Holy Ghost wants to make that happen, that's up to him. But in all sincerity, notice when you are filled with the spirit, that means the grace or the ability to speak in the spirit is granted you now have to do the speaking. And so I can, I'm speaking to you in English right now. And I can now, because I'm filled with the spirit, I can now allow the spirit to take over my vocal cords. And I now begin to speak in the spirit. And I can come straight back to English. Notice, and you can all say amen, because whatsoever I was praying for was the perfect will of God. That's the beauty and the blessing. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive utterance. You are now free. The gift is given to allow the gift to flow out of your mouth in prayer. And so when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can now pray in tongues. You have to literally speak it out. The key element is this. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Verse two, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That means when you are praying in tongues, you will not understand what you're saying. So that means when you begin to speak by the Spirit, the words that come out 
your understanding won't it won't click now that means when i'm praying in the spirit and i can go back to english but i don't know what i said but i am sure because the bible tells me i am speaking mysteries to my father that means i have no fear of saying things that my mind doesn't understand because the Bible says, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus superintends the process. You cannot receive on the back of that prayer, receive a demon, devil, or anything evil. It's not the case. That means when you are now praying in a language you don't understand, you can do so without any fear. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and so that's key. So let's have a look at what, uh, let's have a look at a couple of examples where it happened. And then we realize, so let's go to Acts chapter 16. Um, Acts chapter 16. Let me, am I, or is it? Uh, let me find this, Paul. Let me go to Acts 10 first. Let's go to Acts 10. Acts 10, Jesus, um, Peter is speaking. And so Peter starts, gives, is gone to Cornelius' house and he begins to speak. And verse 44, Acts 10, verse 44. The Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And the Bible says, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And the Bible says, and then Peter answered. So, ladies and gentlemen, when the Holy Ghost came upon them, the Bible says they spoke with tongues. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they spoke with tongues. So we realize that they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so let's, let me find it. Acts chapter 19, not 16, ladies and gentlemen, Acts 19, Acts 19, and I'm going to read from verse 1, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And he said unto them, we have not so much as heard whether there be an Holy Ghost. And he said, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Effectively, they gave their lives to Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And 
all the men were about 12. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in three places in the Bible, we realize when the Holy Ghost comes, two things happen. Number one, everybody speaks with tongues. And notice, God left nobody yet. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pray now because there's one more question that we, we, um, we need to answer. But I'm going to pray with everybody, everybody who wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And even if you've been struggling, I'm, I'm going to pray now and I'm going to pray with all my heart. Notice, if, I was, if we were in church, I'd happily lay hands on everybody. But the Bible also says that under the sound of Peter's voice, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was granted. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in the next 10 seconds, I just want you to ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As long as you've given your life to Christ, just ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just lift, just lift your heart up and just begin to ask that, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Just, Lord, I come to you and as I need him. And with the evidence of speaking in tongues, fill me with the Holy Spirit. The baptism, what you're asking for is the person, and just ask him. And the Bible said, Jesus will not deny that prayer. And so, as we just for a moment and then now i just want you to pause and let's bring our prayers to a close in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ and everybody said amen father in the name of jesus i pray for each person whether they're listening to this podcast or whether they are on this call currently i pray that in the name of jesus baptize them with the holy spirit and with the evidence of speaking in tongues Father, I ask that the spring in them becomes a flood. And I ask that you grant them the gift and the grace to pray in tongues. Father Almighty God, so that all the benefits that you have planned and all the benefits that come with the Holy Spirit and being able to pray in the Spirit may come to them. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. May God grant you deep-seated, a deep-seated experience. And I, I pray that tonight just changes your life. And that prayer will be answered, not because I prayed it, but because the Bible guarantees that that prayer will be answered. And may it be answered unto you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we also want to have a look at there's a couple of questions in the chat um we will even if i don't finish them tonight we'll get the answers to you'll probably put them onto instagram or something like that because we're going to wrap this up tonight um and so your questions will not be ignored and so um so let's keep this in mind so don't think your questions are ignored but we're going to wrap this up tonight so there was one question we had um last week okay and the question is this, it says, how do you not get slightly discouraged when you desire close fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you practice incorporating the Holy Spirit into your day, even in the small things and decisions, but you feel as though you are not hearing from the Holy Spirit as much as you would like to? Is this simply a matter of having patience and waiting on the Holy Spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, let's settle something. And this is it's a beautiful question. And I really don't want you to be discouraged. So how do you do it? How do you get to a point where your relationship with the Holy Spirit is, it's alive. 
it's 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 fulfilling come with me ladies and gentlemen the key element is this let's understand who the holy spirit is he is god what do you do matthew 24 verses 37 the bible says you shall love the lord with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind the bible said this is the first and the great commandment and the second is like unto it i'm going to pause there the reason i said that is do what you're doing speak to the holy spirit pray in the holy spirit and this is one of the things so when you feel that oh my my walk with the holy spirit is not deep read the bible the reason i say so is that's where transformation comes read the bible spend time in the bible read the bible and read the book of acts read the gospels read the stories where you see the holy spirit working and what will happen is you'll realize he's actually closer to you than you realize second he will speak to you in a way that you understand more than likely by impression or you'll hear your voice giving you advice on the inside trust that voice as you begin to trust it spending time in the presence of god you'll begin to realize that oh that's the holy ghost oh that was the holy ghost oh that was the holy ghost the last thing that the, the, the holy ghost laid on my heart just so that you are not discouraged as we close out tonight is this pray in the spirit for long periods for one simple reason Turn with me, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Jude. There's only one chapter. Jude chapter one, and we're going to verse 20. And the Bible says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's Jude 1, 20 to 21. Pray for long periods in the spirit. When you do so, the voice of the Holy Spirit will become clearer. Knowing that God wants to speak to you and he will speak to you in a way that you understand, but pray in the spirit. Why? It strengthens you on the inside. As we said in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 and 2, begin to speak in the spirit to God and it will fill your heart. So just keep going. Just keep going. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we bring tonight to a close, we just want to say that we 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 just I hope you've enjoyed this, this session. I hope you've enjoyed this series. You can go back and listen to it on podcast. And so we pray and I join out my faith as we close. I join my faith for anyone believing God for a miracle. And we pause to do so. And we know that our God is a miracle working prayer and our God answers prayer. And may God answer yours. May God's kindness, mercy and grace attend your way tonight and throughout the coming weeks. God will keep you and he will bless you. We pray that God heals you if you need healing. He opens doors for you if you need that to happen. And may God keep you this week and next week and 
for the rest of this season. May God be kind to you. Enjoy your time walking with the Holy Spirit. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week.